Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, friends, and uh, welcome to another edition of the Bleed Los Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by our good friends at FOCO. FOCO.com, FOCO, F-O-C-O. They have all the things for fandom that you may want. They've uh, done a phenomenal job with uh, with these World Series bobbleheads that they've been dropping for the Dodgers. World Series champions, I should say. Uh, for anyone that uh, needs to just be reminded, the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers are the 2020 defending World Series champions. Yeah, get up out of here with that. Anyway, uh, they've been doing a great job with these uh, these bobbleheads. They, uh, they just dropped the Tommy Lasorda one. I just missed it. I'm super bummed about it. But... You can uh, keep an eye on those bobbleheads as they're dropping. You know, we we've uh, you know because they've been working with us, uh, they've uh, they've given us a little bit of the inside scoop, if you will, on what's coming in. So uh, keep an eye on our Twitter handle at Dodgers Beat, and uh, you'll see what the uh, the fine folks of Foco are working for, but or working on. But in the meantime, if you click on the link for the description for this podcast, click on that guy, it'll take you to uh, to their website. Add whatever you want to your cart. And upon checkout, a discount will be applied for being a listener to this year podcast. <coughs> Excuse me. So, again, no promo code, none of that jazz. Just click on the link, add whatever you want to your cart, and then upon checkout, the discount will be applied. As always, terms and conditions do apply. Please see their website for more details. Big, huge thanks for, uh, for to FOCO for the consideration and uh, for supporting this podcast. And uh, lastly, our good friends at Bleed Los. Uh, we we talk a lot about uh, 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 merchandise and stuff like that, right? Well, Bleed Los has solid merchandise. All the Dodgers merchandise you can think of, they have. Uh, the Joe Kelly Fight, Fight Club shirt, they got it. At Kulichi, they have stuff for him too. Walker Buehler, they got that stuff too. Check it out, BleedLos.com. For being a, uh, a loyal listener to this here podcast, if you use the promo code Pod, you will save 10% on your purchase. Uh, at, at checkout so terms and conditions do apply to them as well please see their website for more details but uh bleed loss po- uh, bleed loss.com huge thank you thank you thank you for their consideration and uh once again you guys the fans thank you for listening and subscribing and rating our podcast it means a lot to us uh and please continue to do so and uh without further ado here is another edition of the bleed loss podcast Fans, this is Todd Lights, public address announcer for your world champion Los Angeles Dodgers, and you are listening to the Bleed Lows Podcast with your hosts Alonso and Juan, with the baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger. And welcome to another edition of the Bleed Lows Podcast. This week we are joined by the voice of the Quakes, Mike Linskog of uh, the Director of Public Relations at the Racho Cucamonga Quakes. Dang, that's a tongue twister. How are you doing today, Mike? Real good. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for, for joining us. Uh, so let's just get right into it. You have a, a very unique uh, a job because in the minors, obviously, people do multi- they wear multiple hats, right? But uh, not only do you wear multiple hats, but you kind of get to see the the beginnings, if you will, of guys as they work kind of, you know, they, they begin their minor league journey. As But, you know, as we dive kind of into that, I'm, I'm curious to know from you, 
who is who is there a player that you've ever been starstruck by at that minor league level because as you know there's rock star minor leaguers and then there's the regular minor leaguers right sure well uh to your point this year's different uh because we truly get to see them in their first year uh for our franchise's entire existence from 1993 to you know the covid impacted year of 2020 we have always been uh, what's known as high a classification um and as far as how the minor leagues worked that's always been kind of almost the middle stop, if you will, on a player's way, you know, theoretically speaking, to the big leagues. Um, with the restructuring recently of minor league baseball, uh, we are now what's known as low A, um, which Great Lakes uh, back in the day used to be low A, but there also used to be teams below low A, below Great Lakes. Now we're kind of the, the entry level position, if you will. Uh, so this year's different. Uh, you know, the first month of the season, we've truly been able to see players um, you know, in their infancy, if you will. And, uh, you know, certainly here today, uh, if you're asking me, you know, who strikes me as, uh, as a guy to keep an eye on, uh, obviously Diego Cartaya is a name that has uh, caught fire, if you will, uh, for the last couple of weeks. And uh, he's been here uh, and it's been really exciting to watch, you know, his first few steps uh, through the Dodgers minor league system. But over the course of my career, um, certainly a, a tough question to, to answer as far as, who, who got me starstruck, um, you know, that we've, we've covered a, a number of different players, even before the Dodger days, Mike Trout uh, was here in Rancho Cucamonga when we were an Angels affiliate, um, the same year as Garrett Richards and uh, Tyler Chatwood and, and some really good names from that Angel system, you know, back in the day, uh, Corey Seager was here when he was the number one prospect in the Dodger system, Julio Urias uh, came through Rancho when he was, you know, a top, you know, three or four prospect, Caber uh, Ruiz, same thing, a top three or four prospect coming through Rancho. So we've we've been treated, uh, you know, and very blessed to, to see the best of the best, not only with the Dodgers, which is, you know, our, our most recent, you know, 10 years of history, uh, but even prior to that. So it's been a very exciting uh, opportunity to watch these young kids grow. And and obviously once they, they blossom in the big leagues, it's it's very, uh, it's great. And it's very prideful. Hey, Mike, aside from the, the level of talent, what other changes or impacts have you noticed from going from a high a organization to a low a organization tough question to answer uh in the midst of the 2021 season because you know this year has been impacted not just by the fact that you know there's a, a level switch but because you know instead of taking one bus there are three buses i'm not allowed on the bus until mid-june even though i'm fully vaccinated um, and, and so it's, it's really hard to assess all the changes until, honestly, probably in 2022, I can probably give you a much better answer uh, in the middle of the 2022 season. Maybe give me, maybe give me a month or two because, you know, there's, there's question marks with, with this season, um, you know, and, and things are changing nearly, nearly daily uh, from capacity to, um, you know, media access to, you know, uh, again, you know, you, you read me in as the uh, the director of public relations slash you know voice of the quakes radio guy you know dude that you know travels on the bus and and gets them the lineups and the stats and and calls the games and the the walk-off home runs and all that great stuff um and it's all different this year and uh it's 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 been challenging to say the least um so you know the the answer to your question is best that i can give you right now at this stage um aside from the obvious switch to where you know the kids are younger um, we've never quite had kids that are this young. We've had, you know, in the California league, as we knew it prior to 21, 
you know, you would you would find a 19-year-old. You might even find an 18-year-old. Shoot, Julio Urias was 17 when he pitched here uh, in the California League. Obviously, those are few and far between. Um, but the youth, uh, some of the mistakes that they're making uh, at this level, you're not sure whether or not it's because of how young they are or because they've been away from the game for, you know, a year, a year and a half. Uh, not sure if it's because they didn't get an adequate spring training and you know what where the breakdown really is. So it's been different, and um, it hasn't all been great as far as those challenges are concerned. Uh, but again, you know, choosing to be optimistic and, and a light at the end of the tunnel kind of a guy, um, you know, changes continue to happen in a positive fashion. I think we've seen the worst of what 21, hopefully baseball-wise, has to offer. Um, and I think you know, all the teams, not just the Quakes, uh, they're in first place, so hard to hard to be too critical. Um, but, uh, you know, I think all the teams will improve and, and play a cleaner brand of baseball going forward. And, of course, who doesn't want to see a, a clean brand of baseball? Nobody wants to see, you know, six combined errors up on the scoreboard every night. And, and unfortunately, those games kind of stick out when they happen. And for the, for those uh, for those folks that don't know how the minors travel and why it's so challenging as well at that level, because like you said, you're in buses, you know, the majors and even uh, the AAA and the Pi- um, sorry, the Pacific Coast League, they fly everywhere. However, they do. They do. The Pacific Coast League flies everywhere. <laughs> Wait a minute. I am in the wrong league. That's not part of my contract. Well, see, and, and I, I, you know, I, coming up through the angel system, when I worked in the system, you know, the, the Quakes were one of those affiliates. And that's that's kind of where I got my there. And in Arkansas is where I got my uh, my uh, my my uh, my crash course, if you will, as to how the miners travel. You know, and, and Arkansas Travelers had a nice bus for the AA level and everyone kind of, you know, bond about it. And, you know, the Charlotte, uh, the Charlotte Knights had that nice bus, all that stuff. Right. Point is, for, for those people that don't know how you guys travel and how you guys, uh, uh, you know, what, what makes it even more challenging at that level to get around because, of, you know, the sizes of clubhouses, et cetera. You know, let our listeners or fill in our listeners as to kind of the, the logistics of that stuff, especially for a guy like you that is on the bus with these guys currently not at the moment right but you know that that has to travel around with them in in those conditions sure and and just to clarify you know the reason that i'm quote-unquote not allowed on the bus right now is uh not of of who i am or nor even my vaccination status uh it is simply just an initiative to protect players to protect the staff at this stage of the game again there's so many unknowns uh regarding COVID 19 when these rules were put into place and obviously as time goes by we continue to learn uh, and therefore, the rules continue to be adjusted. So in mid-June is, is going to be a nice uh, stepping stone. You know, I'll literally be allowed to go meet some of these guys for the first time, uh, which seems mind-blowing as I sit here and just rattle off stats and alleged stuff in their bios uh, when I haven't even, you know, made eye contact with them yet. So it's, it's pretty unthinkable. You know, the only guy I've truly met on this staff is our manager, uh, John Shoemaker, who has done an unbelievable job uh, of morphing into a guy that has been, you know, my communication liaison between the two teams. Uh, he's been just unbelievable in providing me everything that I can in order to do my job effectively in, in a in a pandemic. Um, but again, to your question, uh, traveling is tough. Uh, it it uh, it forces a lot of guys that love minor league baseball that think they're going to get into minor league baseball for the long haul and eventually the major leagues. It forces a lot of guys out. Um, you know, you'll see families ruined and marriages ended and and cars, you know, sold and and crashed because you just you, you gotta you gotta make it work. 
and it's uh, it's it's obviously tough. You know, each league is different. Uh, you alluded to the fact that in AAA, uh, the majority of the guys fly. Uh, in this particular league, where we're confined to the state of California, uh, it's much easier. Uh, in saying that, I, when I say easier, I mean that you know a lot of these trips are commutable. You know, Rancho to Lake Elsinore, 45 minutes via bus. You know, an hour with traffic. Rancho to Inland Empire, San Bernardino, 30 minutes. You know, by by bus or by car, and, and you're staying you know the night in your own bed, which is fantastic. You know, for for a family and and, and a guy that's not just single that's happy-go-lucky and willing to go wherever, um, it matters. And so being in the California League, now referred to as, as Low A West, um, it's, it's really great, uh, the traveling here, because, you know, your worst trip is a, a six, seven-hour bus ride north to, to San Jose and Stockton. And when you compare that to, say, just point of reference, what the Arkansas Travelers used to do, I spent six years in the Texas League, so very familiar with the, the Trav and, and Phil Elson. I'm sure we could probably tell some stories uh, of, of that bus and Bill Valentine and all those good names. Um, you know, it's traveling in the Texas League is, is brutal because there is no flying in the Texas League, and yet all the cities are far enough away to justify flying. And so we're, we're pretty lucky out here. And if this is your only taste of minor league travel, you're going to say, oh, man, it's rough. Like those six and seven hour bus rides are horrid and, and hideous. Um, but, you know, compared apples to apples to, say, the Texas League, where your bus rides are 12 and 13 hours and your, your shortest bus ride is six or seven hours, uh, it's it, it's pretty uh, it's it's pretty tasty out here out west. Mike, you you paint this beautiful picture of being a minor leaguer. I mean, <laughs> look, I, I get it in the sense that you know, as a kid, you hear the stories that if I want to get to the big leagues, I have to go through the minor leagues. Right? You're it's called paying your dues. But being that you're a one man band, not only do you you know, you're the the play-by-play -play announcer. You're the PR guy. You clean the toilets. You know, you do everything, right? Fact. Was that? I mean, what? Tell me about your dream. I mean, sure, your dream is not to be in the minor leagues your your whole career. How how did you get your start in the minor leagues? And what's your plan? How, where do you want to go from here? Sure. Well, there's a couple of questions in there. First and foremost, so uh, I have a broadcast partner, and this year his name is Davis Ellington, and he's done a great job of, of helping me during a, a very complicated, challenging season. And so, you know, it's one-man band to a certain extent, but th there's there's help. Um, you know, I've got a great, um, you know, social media guy as well that, that helps us, you know, gather stats and facts, you know, during the games, and he writes features in the program. Jason Reed is his name, uh, and he's a huge asset for us as well. Uh, and then obviously our staff, you know, we're, we're all we're all challenged this year. I mean, there is no, oh, woe is me. I mean, we've all got challenges and, and shortcomings that we're battling around. So, you know, how, how do I handle it and, and where do I want to go? Um, there was a time, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm knocking on the door of 50 here in a couple of years. So there, there was certainly a time where, um, you know, the goal and aspirations were to, you know, 100% put your head down and do whatever it takes to make it to the major leagues. And then, of course, um, as I'm sure as we, you know, find as we get into, you know, further into adulthood, uh, priorities and responsibilities uh, become less. It becomes more about your family. It becomes more about your little guy than it ever does about you and your career. Um, and I've always said, you know, if, uh, you know, not, not now, but, you know, if Ben ever called and wanted me to carry his bags for him, you know, by God, I'm going to make that happen. And yes, sir, Mr. Scully, what, uh, can I get you an ice cold lemonade to go along with your Farmer John dog, your dog? But um, these days, 
um, you know, working for the Quakes and, and, and Brett Sports, who's the ownership group behind the Quakes. Um, this is this has become my life, and, and I'm very proud of it. I'm not at all um, dismissive of the fact that I continued to work in minor league ball. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily go out and, and search the, uh, the the job boards for you know the Colorado Rockies and the Pittsburgh Pirates you know broadcaster jobs wanted. You know, I'm, I'm not searching those forums. Uh, very actively, and in fact, not at all, really. So uh, we've got a, a great house and, and great job and great friends, and this is a great community. Uh, you know, I always said if the Montreal Expos were back in business and they and they called and said, you want to move to Canada, I'd, I'd very much consider it. Uh, but in saying that, very, very proud of the community I live in. Um, we've done a lot of great work with the Quakes, and it's a, it's a great gig. I mean, it, it truly is. You know, you're, you, we still get to touch those major leaguers on rehab assignments, um, you know, just uh, just last week, in fact, we had A.J. Pollock, who became the first Quake uh, to rehab in a normal year. We're getting, you know, 10 to 15 Los Angeles Dodgers that are that are down the line. And and these aren't just, you know, non name brand guys. I mean, we've had Kirsch, we've had Justin Turner, et cetera, et cetera. Walker Buehler came up through the Quakes and has rehabbed here at the Quakes. Maurice Eager came up through the Quakes and has rehabbed with the Quakes. It's it's been awesome to, to be a part of that. Um, you don't necessarily feel like you're, you're stuck in the minor leagues uh, because you get to taste that that Los Angeles atmosphere and, and those vibes and, you know, keeping the, the beat writers abreast as to what's going on. Um, J.P. Hornstra recently reached out to me. He's obviously a, a guy that's well-connected here in Southern California, um, looking to do a feature on, you know, the newest, uh, you know, would-be Dodger that's, uh, that's Diego Cartaya. And he actually just put a piece out that was, that was really great. Um, and it was informative for me as well, again, because I don't get to you know, hang out at the cage and sit on the bus and ask dumb questions. So I got I to gotta read JP's piece on Diego Cartaya and, uh, and learn a little bit. And it, it, was, it was tremendous. And so it's, uh, that was a, the long-winded answer to your question. No, I, I appreciate your honesty because I, I, I didn't want it to come off as I'm saying you're stuck in the minor leagues. It's one of those things where I think it, it comes with age. And, and you mentioned it. You get to a certain point where you these are choices now that you're making, you know, and obviously you love what you do. And there's if you end up being in the minor leagues, you know, for another 10 years, 20 years, you obviously love doing it and you have kids. And that's not a bad thing. And I just the correlation between your journey and what a minor leaguer does, because you get to see these guys every day. Not all of those guys are going to make it to the show. Not all of those guys are even going to make it to a high A, double A, you know, triple A. There's a lot of those guys. And I just admire the fact that you get to see these struggles for these guys every day. And I admire those people that still go out there and keep doing it because they're pursuing not necessarily a dream, but they pursue something that they love to do. So I, I do. I, I, I hope it didn't come off disrespectful. I just I, I appreciate your honesty. Not at all. It, I mean, it's a very obvious question. You know, any any minor league broadcaster, and, and, and frankly, I, I'm going to be in probably a 10% category of guys that are going to give you that answer. Uh, most guys, you know, I've got a I've got a broadcast partner that I just mentioned, Davis Ellington. You know, uh, 
my priority is honestly to get him to the big leagues before I get myself to the big leagues at this stage of the game. And I take a lot of pride in that. Um, I've had a lot of great partners that I've worked with because it's always kind of a one-year deal. Um, you know, this is like your first stop in minor league baseball for Davis this year. Years prior to that, uh, Andrew Chapman, Zach Bigley, Brandon Liebhaber, Dave Pulaski. Um, you know, th these guys are, are on their way as, as broadcasters that are super talented. And I would much rather invest in their future uh, because I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm at peace with it, if you will. Um, and it's, uh, it, like I said, it's a great gig. I love what I do. I love the people that I do it with. Uh, every year brings different challenges and different relationships, whether it's uh, guys on the team or guys on the coaching staff or what have you. Some years are better than others. This year happens to be phenomenal so far with our skipper, who is a leader and a mentor. Um, and I just have the utmost respect for. And so, you know, when you work with guys like that, John Shoemaker, uh, I'll bring us his name this year, um, you know, they want it want to keep going and uh you know i have a seven-year-old son uh this job is important to me um you know not only as a, as a provider for my, my son and my wife and whatnot but um i want him to be able to realize and at seven you're not quite dialed in with what i'm about to say i want him to be able someday to understand how cool dad's gig really was like at seven it's cool oh yeah cody bellinger's on tv winning a world series Daddy says I've met him. DJ Peters just hit his first home run. Uh, I, I've seen that picture of me and DJ Peters, Daddy. Like, can you show it to me again? He's not quite dialed in just yet. But, you know, I figure in another year or two when he's on the bus or getting yelled at down by the dugout because he's not picking up the bats on time, um, I, I figure that that's really when it's going to hit home. And then when he's, you know, 21, he's going to realize, God, that was awesome. Like, I met fill in the blank, you know, Diego Cartaya, whatever it is, you know, um, and I want to, I want to be able to give him that experience. And again, that's just, that's about doing it for somebody else and, and hopefully not doing it about yourself. So that's, that's kind of the goal here at this point. And, and to kind of follow up with that too, cause I, uh, I had to learn early on that, that part of it, right. You know, because I, you know, my, my, my journey through baseball was backwards, you know, I worked in the angel system. I, I was lucky enough to go up and down. You know, I, I spent some time in Rancho because guys like K-Rod, uh, you know, Kellen Escobar, those guys, I'd go with them as their liaison, you know, for, for, for the rehab assignments, right? As you know, they, they roll in, do the thing, buy the spread and take off. Uh, with that, as far as like growing up around that and whatnot, I, I do recall that everyone kind of looked at Rancho as kind of like that rehab destination because it was so close to Anaheim. And, uh, and that was kind of, and it's a great, by the way, if you've never been to Lomar Field, I highly recommend going. It's one of the greater minor league ballparks in all of baseball. Some of the minor league ballparks, as I'm sure you know, having worked in the Texas League, they're not great. They're definitely not the, the facilities that are Lomar Field or even Lindquist here. And in, in, I live in Salt Lake City, uh, you know, up the road here in Ogden, that's no longer a Dodgers affiliate. But, uh, but that's one of the, in my opinion, one of the better, one of the better facilities around. But, you know, I'm kind of curious for you as director of public relations, you find out obviously, hey, so-and-so is coming to do a rehab assignment. As you know, the players have more say in that than, than, than people realize. You know, they say, hey, we need you to do a rehab assignment. Cool. Where do you want to go? I want to go to Rancho. So when you get that call, you know, kind of walk us through how you get that going because you obviously not only do you have to promote that, you know, for the, for the, for the entity, but you also have to make that player feel comfortable when they get there as well. Sure. Um, 
you know, there, there's a lot of steps and a lot of different answers. Again, we, we have a good team, you know, around me and, and behind me. It's, it's, it's not all me uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Bobby Salcedo has, has been a part of, of our team for a number of years, and uh, she puts together a lot of the, the social media type content that will go out there that says, hey, you know, AJ Pollock to rehab this weekend kind of a thing. You know, we have a really good system, a really good relationship with the Dodgers uh, to where, you know, there's, there's a lot of respect there. They trust us to, to do the right thing and, and do with the information what we need to do to, A, promote the player, B, benefit ourselves, C, keep quiet until it's not time to keep quiet anymore. Um, and, and so there's, there's a lot of factors that go into that. Um, and so, you know, when we get the word that there could or will be a rehabbing player, um, you know, we, we immediately get together, you know, whether it's on the phone or, or now over Zoom, obviously, or, or in the office back in the old days, um, you know, there's a plan in place. It's, hey, you know, Kirsch is scheduled to be here on Friday. We can't let the cat out of the bag until Thursday because, you know, he's still going to throw a side bullpen and this is their plan, but we can't go with it. You know, that type of a thing. We've been in that scenario before. And again, we've, 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 we've handled it the right way, which is why we continue um, you know, to get good marks, if you will, from, from the Dodgers. And that's why we continue to get opportunities to host big leaguers. Um, you know, our, our venue is awesome. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have uh, maybe all the bells and the whistles that, that a brand new facility does, but God, it's, it's so clean and it's so sharp and our customer service is absolutely second to none. Um, you know, when fans come out to the ballpark, they're, they're treated arguably like family and that's the experience we want them to have. And so we've, we've got a good thing going and, and, and that customer service carries over to, to the rehab guys as well. Hopefully, and again, COVID is different because we can't, you know, we can't touch them physically nor, nor in a way that, that we would like. Uh, but, you know, hopefully AJ Pollock was, was taken care of the way that, that he wanted to be taken care of by our staff and, and our clubhouse guy, Casey Plone, who, who works really hard to make sure these guys are satisfied and, and obviously this year safe, uh, which is, you know, a buzzword. Um, so we're, we're, we're very lucky that the Dodgers trust us. We're very lucky to, to be blessed to be within, you know, 47 miles or whatever that number is from, from Los Angeles. Um, and, and to your point, you know, guys do have a choice, you know, not, not all the time does Andrew Friedman or Dave Roberts say, Hey, you're going to go here. I, I believe the question is posed like, Hey, Rancho's home on Thursday. That's, that's where we'd like to see you go. You know, sometimes there's a level of competition thing. I know Kershaw several years ago, there were uh, some reports that, you know, he wanted to face, you know, a, a higher level of competition before he took his next step in, I want to say it was 19 uh, when he was on the shelf. But again, we've seen Kershaw rehab here twice before. Um, I think the last time he picked uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is, is the double A level, of course, um, rather than Rancho. And that's all good. I mean, those guys need to be comfortable too. And again, one of the, I think, factors that went into that decision as well is the Dodgers were traveling. They were, they were in the central time zone. I think they were in Detroit or Milwaukee or something like that. Um, and so, you know, it makes, it makes sense. You know, if he's going to you know, travel to Oklahoma and then he can jump a flight to Detroit, Michigan or, or wherever it was, um, that, that makes a lot of sense rather than, you know, traveling with the team then flying all the way back out West to do a rehab assignment in Rancho on the West coast and then rejoining the team in New York or Washington or whatever. So there's some geography that goes along with that as well. But again, very lucky to, to have the relationship that we do with the Dodgers. And then I, I've been asked a lot with the affiliation uh, dropping down a level from you know, high A to low A, is that going to touch our rehabbers? And the answer in the long term is, is no, that the Dodgers have, have 
led us to believe that there, there will not be a change. The fact that A.J. Pollock is just here uh, lends some, some validation to, to their point there that you know, things aren't going to change with us as far as you know the amount of rehabbers that in a given year will come through Rancho so the fans can see them up close because, again, it's, it's a great experience. It's a great ballpark. Um, you know, our capacity is 4,900. As they say, there's not a bad seat in the house when a guy like Corey Seager or A.J. Pollock or, or whoever comes to rehab. So hopefully, you know, Seager will be uh, will be healthy soon. And if he chooses Rancho, if they choose Rancho, we'll, we'll have a, a warm locker ready for him. Mike, what has become very clear to me is being in the minor leagues, you have to be willing to adapt to change. Looking at your resume and hearing you mentioned earlier how it used to be an Angels affiliate, now it's a Dodgers affiliate. When a change like that happens, how do you approach the job? Well, for me personally, it, it, it truly doesn't matter. I, I did not grow up in Southern California, so my you know born and bred allegiance was, was not to the Padres, Dodgers, Angels, A's, or anything like that. I grew up in Spokane, Washington, which makes me a Mariners fan. Uh, you know, and, and I went to sleep at night listening to, to Dave Niehaus and, and Rick Riz um, and, and really inspiring me to, to love the game like I do today. Um, so an affiliation change for me um, doesn't necessarily impact, you know, my love for the game or, or enjoyment or ability to, to call the game. Um, when the Brett Sports Group bought um, the Quakes and came to Rancho, we only had one year left. Um, on the, the Angels PDC, the player development contract. So there was only one year remaining on that agreement. And, you know, the Angels were given every opportunity to, to renew um, with, with some, you know, whatever conditions were in that agreement. Uh, but I think deep down, you know, our owner, Bobby Brett, um, and, and the Brett brothers, uh, George Brett and JB and what have you, um, you know, Bobby grew up a Dodger fan. And so I think deep down, uh, he was not at all bent out of shape that, uh, that the Dodgers were there and, potentially wanted to be in Rancho. This was at the end of the 2010 season. Um, and by October, you know, we were a Dodgers affiliate. And, uh, you know, I like, I prefer blue over over red, which is uh, which is great. I think I, I look fine in blue. Red was okay, but, you know, my preference is blue. And, uh, you know, so from that standpoint, really doesn't matter to me personally. But, you know, then you, you, you ask the question, well, what does it do for your business? And, and what does it do for the fans in the community? It's a no-brainer. I mean, it's it's 100% a no-brainer. It's it's great for the business of the Rancho Cucamonga Quake. It is so good for our fans. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't need to say, you know, all the reasons and, and point to the chart of, of what it is. But, you know, one of those teams has won the World Series. One of those teams has been to the World Series four times in the last five or six years or whatever it is. And, and one of them hasn't. And so I'm, I'm proud to be wearing blue, and, and I'm good with it. One has a Mickey Mouse ring and the other one's Mickey Mouse. Is that what you're saying, Mike? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure I understand where you're going with that, Juan. Not, not sure I understand the inside humor there. Uh, of all, uh, uh, you know, obviously you, you've had quite the journey, right, C coming up to here uh, to where you're at now in your current role. Previously, you, you've had several different roles. I'm, I'm kind of curious, in your opinion, which would you say was the most formative to kind of get you into this current role that you're in now? They've all been very different, um, as you suggested at the top of the, the interview here. Um, when you're in the minor leagues, you don't just do one thing. You, you wear many hats, and, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a couple hours to game time, and, you know, in a few moments, uh, I'm going to throw on my, my headphones and fill out my scorecard, and I'm going to go into, into radio guy mode. 
Um, you know, tomorrow morning when I wake up, uh, you know, I'm going to get some stats for our manager and, and email them to him. And then I'm going to start checking the, the email box and, and answering the fan inquiries, everything from, Hey, my hot dog wasn't as warm as it could have been to, Hey, winter group seats going on sale after the, you know, the pandemic lessons. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that answers all those, you know, I've got, I've got clients and sponsors and partners, um, that, that need, need stuff, you know, guys that have signs on the outfield walls and, and ads in the program and names on the bobbleheads and ticket packages, et cetera. So, um, to a certain extent, we, we all do some of that, um, you know, and each job has helped to prepare me for the next different markets. Uh, have required different things like here in Rancho, um, I sell in the off season, which is not an uncommon thing for, for minor league broadcasters. Certainly it's becoming more uncommon. Most radio guys that are, you know, that, that have the position that I do, um, do not work for the team year round. I, I do, I work for the team year round in different capacities with, um, you know, PR obviously and, and sales and social media, et cetera, et cetera. Um, whereas some guys just literally come in, you know, the day before opening day, start putting together some game notes and, and, and show up the next day at, at five o'clock, two hours before game time. Um, in Springfield, Missouri, when I worked for the St. Louis Cardinals, um, you know, there were no sales involved and, um, that prepped me to do everything, uh, for a big market. Uh, I, we had some exhibition games against the St. Louis Cardinals, in fact, and when the Cardinals PR department, uh, came down to Springfield, I was running circles around them as, as just myself and, and like uh, one helper. And I was like, guys, uh, w when, when are we getting the rosters? And they handed me this typed out half a piece of paper that was part crinkled. And I was like, should, should I make copies of these? Or do you think you can email me a real roster? Um, and that gave me a sense that I got a, I got a good operation that I'm proud of here in Springfield. Um, and again, you know, we were on, we were on television and we had, you know, massive media attention. Uh, and I was, you know, giving television interviews dang near every day. Uh, and so that prepared me for nearly anything. And then of course out here in Rancho, uh, while I got here in 2010, we had solid media coverage, uh, you know, we're in the LA TV market. So the TV coverage per se, you know, they're not, they're not putting me on camera, regardless if I had COVID hair. Or, or, or not COVID hair. They're not putting me on camera every day like they were in Springfield, Missouri. So different challenges and, and different positions and, and different requirements for, for each job and, and each stop along my, my minor league career. I've worked for, you know, five, six teams uh, throughout the industry and, and each one has, has been different, but, you know, collectively it's, it's all prepared me and, and, and made me better. And, and I, can, I can handle about anything at, at my age and at my level. Mike, recently uh, in the news, we saw the Oakland A's uh, having to apologize because the minor league players uh, shared some photos of totally that unacceptable, taco? Uh, yeah, totally unacceptable post-game meals. Can you? I mean, I'm not. I'm sure the Quakes aren't doing anything like that. But can you just speak? I mean, the struggle that these minor leaguers, a lot of these minor leaguers are not even making enough money to pay for their rent. I, you know, I've heard stories in the past of some players living with their parents, you know, are getting financial support from their parents in, in order to survive these seasons. How, how you being, you know, you, you work for the team. I understand that, but you're a broadcaster. You see these guys. How do these guys deal with the struggles of daily life and at the same time realizing if I don't go two for four, this might be it? Sure. So I'll answer the front half of this question, and this is going to sound like the Quakes get a free pass here, but just to set the record straight. So 
when Oakland A's minor league guys start putting out photos of their team spread, um, it has nothing to do with the minor league team per se. The Oakland Athletics are responsible for getting the food to their guys. Likewise, here in Rancho, the, the Quakes, you know, my general manager, our president, our ownership, my coworkers, we have nothing to do with actually feeding the players. That is all initiated uh, and comes through the Los Angeles Dodgers. Proudly, I can say that the Dodgers were on the, the, the front end, the trailblazing end, if you will, uh, behind Gabe Kapler, in fact, when he was the farm director uh, back in the you know, 2014, 2015 season, I believe is when that started, where the initiative was health and nutrition is as important as rest and it is important as getting four at-bats a game and, and throwing a side bullpen. Uh, Gabe implemented a system where every Dodger minor league affiliate was allotted X amount of money, and then it, was our, it became our job to find a local organic caterer that would not only provide guys with two meals a day at the home games, but that caterer was also obligated to travel with the team up north. Now, obviously, in the California League at the time, that becomes, uh, while, while a challenge, it becomes easier than, say, in Oklahoma City, where they're going to Tacoma, Washington, they're going to Round Rock, Texas, or Nashville, Tennessee, et cetera, et cetera. You're, you're not going to just travel with the same caterer to Tacoma, Washington, for crying out loud. You know, you're going to have to do the research there. So it was, it was easier in Rancho to make that happen. And so what I'm saying is for the last six years, our guys have eaten better, certainly than the Oakland A's minor leaguers have. And so I, I can proudly look at you in the eye and be like, well, A, it's, it's not our responsibility. It wasn't, it wasn't on us, but I can proudly toot the Dodger horn and say that Gabe Kapler and Farhan Zaidi and Andrew Friedman and, and, and now all these guys that have kept the program running were so on the early end of recognizing how important nutrition was. It's started at spring training, you know, all the meats and stuff and the veggies were organic. Um, you know, they got rid of, you know, some of the, the clubhouse staples that, that I actually, I wasn't a big fan of, like, you know, you, you sneak in there for a little PBJ before game time. And, and when it's gone, you're like, Gabe, what are you doing? Cap? Like, we need to talk. Where's the PBJ? Um, and, and bananas. Cause apparently they're fattening or something. Um, so, you know, stealing a banana back in the day used to be, that used to be a, a pregame staple. I'm sure Alonzo can speak to this, you know, you're accurate PB and J's and bananas were the business. Yeah, You're not going to dip your finger in the peanut butter for sanitary reasons, but you know, you might grab a plastic spoon and just grab a little taster out, out the door. Um, but yeah, it's, it's changed. I'm proud of the way that, that not only we do it here in Rancho, but obviously the, the way the Dodgers do it. And then, you know, the, the other part of your question was how do these guys struggle and, and survive in the minor leagues? It's tough, man. Um, you know, there's, there's still, there's a lot of education about it now than there was say 10 years ago when everybody was like, Oh, you're a professional baseball player. Wow. Uh, you must make a lot of money. And, and back then, you know, it was, it was hard to educate people because, you know, if you're a first round draft pick, you got, you got plenty of cash. You know, you're getting a good signing bonus. If you're a, a fifth round draft pick, maybe you see, maybe you see a decent signing bonus. If you're committed to go to UCLA and you're drafted in the 38th round because they don't think you're coming out of college, but they buy you out of your college contract, you know, maybe you get a good signing bonus. Those people are few and far between and the majority of the minor leaguers, um, they're, they're not making that kind of money. And, you know, they're, they're, they're uh, again, similar to the food situation, you know, all of the players that wear Rancho Cucamonga Quakes uniforms 
They are paid by the Los Angeles Dodgers, both right here in Lake Elsinore tonight. Everybody that's in a Storm jersey, they're not paid. They don't get a paycheck from the Lake Elsinore Storm, you know, DBA Storm Baseball. You know, like they're, they're getting a check from the San Diego Padres. And so it's 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 hard to to help explain that to people. But what remains true is is minor leaguers are persistent, um, and it's it's not always right, and it's certainly rarely pretty. Um, but they've they've taken some strides, um, some that I'm, I'm I'm not pleased with, some that you know I, I'm I'm not really comfortable commenting on um, from a from an MLB perspective. Um, you know, the removal of, of 40 some teams is is not something that rubs me the right way. Um, but ultimately, for the guys that are still in the game going forward, it will be better for them because there will be more of the pie to go around, if you will. Um, housing is a huge uh, hot button topic right now. Uh, the, that Oakland A's thing that went viral here a week or so ago that you're referencing just makes me shake my head, man. That's that's unfortunate. I mean, if you if you're gonna if if your players are gonna go to across the street to the fast food place and get a spicy chicken sandwich for 99 cents, that's on them. Um, you know, here in Rancho with the Dodgers, you know, they provide them the the opportunity to get, you know, organic fish and organic steak and organic chicken, you know, twice a day. Um, and if they want to run across the street to, you know, the Golden Arches or, or whatever and, and put put that stuff in their body, that, that's going to be on them. You know, you can only police them so much. Um, but I, I don't I don't know what that stuff was that they were serving them, you know, with with whatever affiliate that was through through the Oakland A's. I know it, the pictures look pretty sad on uh, on the Internet. Yes, and I also appreciate that uh, with the, I feel like you maybe feel the same way about Rob Manfred that we do on the show, but I'll leave it at that, Mike. Who? Exactly. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> well, and, and, and also with that, uh, as you, you may recall, Mike, uh, if, if you were lucky enough to be in a clubhouse that had uh, some ice cream sandwiches, something like that, then you were, you were doing okay. You were, you were, you were in a, in a solid clubhouse, you know, but I mean, that's just, it's the dynamic of it obviously is a little different now because the Dodgers, as you talked about trailblazing, they're one of the organizations that implemented the way that, you know, or, or implemented a system, I guess I should say, of how they treat prospects. And I, I'm sure you've seen it firsthand, having been there for several years now, that the way that the Dodgers treat every player, regardless of where they were drafted, regardless of signing bonus, how, you know, how they develop that player, you know, to potentially get to the next level. I'm kind of curious, you know, you, 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 to a certain degree have seen that firsthand, you know, can you tell us a little bit about that, especially since you're around other organizations that obviously will remain nameless as, as, as we talk about that. Sure. Uh, again, very, very prideful in that I can tell you, I, I, I wasn't sure I understood your, uh, your statement initially. And I thought I was going to have to correct you when I said, no, 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 they, they don't just treat the prospects. Well, they treat, everybody in the organization well as far as you know some of those things that, that other guys aren't getting so you you did you you said that at the end and, and I, I saved me from having to to correct you per se uh so it's great that, that that that's the case and that i can you know look at you in the eye and tell you that that's that's truly the way it is here on the inside you know looking out uh and it's definitely not that way through through other organizations and um you know the dodgers are in a better situation you know they, they have a it starts you know maybe with you know, just the, the, the general vision, um, they, they get it, you know, um, they, they want to do right. Um, certainly there are mistakes that have been made, not just, you know, within the Dodgers, but, but within all major league organizations. And um, I, I definitely feel that the Dodgers get it more so. Um, I think more and more teams are getting on board. Um, and, and so that's, that's good for the game. It's good for the minor leaguers that are, that are grinding and struggling and what have you. Um, you know, it's it's some of it. Some of it, the stories that you hear are embarrassing 
Um, there are teams in our league that I've heard embarrassing stories about this year, whether it's the way they've handled COVID-19, whether it's you know how they're treating their minor league affiliates, uh, meaning you know the, the, the like the Quake staff, for instance, right? But on the other side, with, with that other minor league affiliate. And again, we're just we're so lucky, we're so blessed to to have the Dodgers in our corner. You know, they're doing what they can to to make it better for us as as Quake's employees. They're they're doing what they can to make it better for Quake's players. Uh, you know, because that's that's their family, that's their their players. Um, it's 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 not all perfect. Um, and, and you know, some of it is still changes. And, and as you suggested with the Rob Manfred stuff, you know, um, some of the things are, are, are hard to get behind, but, but it is the way that it is. And, and we're going to do our best to support it because that's the way it is. And we're going to put, you know, as positive a spin on it as we can, because that's, that's the right thing to do. Um, and then hopefully, um, you know, maybe I, I disagree with how it is on, on June 1st, but you know, maybe in 2023, I'll look back and go, you know, this, this has turned out to be, to be better for the game, to be better for the, the minor leaguers. And, and I hope that's the case. You know, one of the many takeaways that I had from the, the pandemic, Mike, uh, in terms of baseball, is just how important the minor league system is. So I, I agree with you with the stuff that Manfred did. It, 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 it hurts the game because we need the minor league system. And even with the late start this year, these guys need to be playing every day. These guys need places to rehab where they're actually playing competition. This, this offsite, you know, where they were sending people when the minor leagues weren't around, it, it's just not the same for these guys. Being that, you know, everybody, every sport is going to be dealing with the financial impacts of the pandemic. How prepared or what, do the Quakes have something in mind for themselves to recover from from the pandemic, and will they be able to continue to survive? The Quakes will survive. Uh, <laughs> proudly, I can I, I can say that with you, or say that to you with a straight face. Um, you know, I definitely think the worst is behind us. Um, you know, we are are a business that only operates for you know, five and a half months every year, essentially. Um, so to take away, and again, obviously all the minor league teams are in this boat, but just to, to put it in perspective, um, you know, we only take in revenue, you know, five and a half months a year. The other, the other six months, we're not exactly shuttered, um, but we were last year. Uh, and so, you know, when you don't have a dime of revenue coming in over the course of, you know, October of 19 to May of 21, things get a little hairy. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, the worst is behind us, you know, obviously 2020 was, was awful as far as financials are concerned. 2021 is going to be better, but, but not great. Um, some teams are, are going to be really hurting and, and probably need, you know, the, the, the PPE loans and, and what have you, um, truly that, that were, that were put out there. And, and obviously there, there may be some sort of relief coming for, for other businesses, um, that, that probably need it more than a lot of minor league teams for sure. So everybody's in that same boat. You know, you, you referenced, you know, minor leaguers have, have got to be able to, to play and advance their career and whatnot. But, you know, you're just like everybody else in this, in this world, you know, you're a victim of the pandemic and you know, minor league baseball had to push pause. It was the right thing to do. You know, there was no scenario where they were just going to gather in Florida and Arizona and just, you know, go about camp. I mean, there's breakouts and people are dying and, and, and we gotta, you gotta be willing to push pause and, and put, the big picture, you know, ahead of, you know, a little bit of development there with, with the minor league guys. But, you know, as, as the quakes are going forward, you know, we're, we're not the Lancaster Jethawks, you know, the Jethawks were not in a position 
um, to where financially they were struggling, and that's why they're no longer in business. The Jethawks ended up on a bad list, um, and, and my heart breaks for those fans in Lancaster that, that deserved an opportunity to say goodbye to that team uh, before they had you know, their, their moving sale in the middle of the night, a la the, the Baltimore Colts back in the day. Um, and it sucks. I mean, it really sucks. And, and I hurt for those fans. And we've seen some of them come up to, to Rancho here in the last month that, you know, they're wearing Jethawks gear. And I, ugh, God, that hurts, man. And you know, that's not a rivalry there. That's, that's a brotherhood. And, and you, you feel for those fans. And, and you know, that, that stinks. And for, for people that don't know what I'm referencing here, you know, there was a, a list of 42 teams that, that weren't going to make the cut to, to, to go on to what is now the new way of minor league baseball. The Quakes were in a good spot. We're, we're, we're moving forward. We got, we got fans, we got games and uniforms and everything. It's really great. Um, but, you know, the Jethawks were on that list and, and they, they didn't deserve that. Their fans certainly didn't deserve that. Um, but, but a victim certainly of, of the new analytical way and there's too much altitude and, and too much wind and MLB teams can't evaluate the players that are playing there. So they did away with them. And, you know, however we feel about that, it's, it's got to be kept inside. And, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're just lucky in Rancho to be, to be moving forward. Um, you know, this, this upcoming June 15th, hopefully things are going to continue to take another stride forward. And instead of welcoming only 1,400 folks to, to a alleged sold-out ballpark, hopefully we're going to be able to welcome, you know, much more than that. By July 1st, uh, you know, we're going to baby step it in Rancho. We're not just going to open the doors wide open and welcome, you know, 4,900 back on June 15th. Uh, we're going to baby step it a little bit, but by July 1st, our anticipation is, you know, on, on the first Saturday night, we're going to be sold out. It's going to be awesome. And, you know, we're, we're still going to mask up um, as a staff, you know, regardless of vaccination status and, and those that, that are coming out to the ballpark that aren't vaccinated, we're going to ask them to wear a mask as well, um, but we're going to do it safely and we're going to do it proudly. And uh, you know, we've had great support from the fans and the community uh, and the leadership from the city. Um, we're all in this together, as they say, which is it's not just as cliche as it sounds. Well, a last one from me, Mike. Uh, this is a little something that we do on, on the show with all our guests. Uh, everyone on the show here. I have to dance. No, no, not no, that. No. Okay. But I, I, it'll be close to that. Uh, we are all taqueros on this show. We love tacos. So, you know, I, I have to say, I can't remember the last time I was in Rancho Cucamonga, but you tell me, where can I go get a good taco in Rancho? And also, are, are you a taco guy? And if so, I, I need to know, uh, what's your go-to taco? Oh, uh, my broadcast partner just walked out of the room, and he's going to be devastated that he missed this part of the uh, of, of the, the, the segment here. So uh, so my wife works at a, at a sports complex in, uh, in Norco. And across the street from her work in Eastvale, Norco, just kind of right there on the city line, is this little taco place and it's, it's in the middle of strip mall and it's kind of you know whatever from afar but get in there and it is delish and i told my broadcast partner i said when we go to lake elsinore on the first day is tuesday they have a taco tuesday for a dollar fifty the tacos are ridiculous and so yesterday i took my broadcast partner davis to this taco joint of course i bought because you know i'm the, the older one in the group here <laughs> And we went right down. He's like, he's like, what should I get? And I go, well, normally I get a burrito. I get a chorizo burrito because they do chorizo really well here. And that's, that's kind of my jam. Like, if you got good chorizo, I'm in. <laughs> and so he goes, what do I get? And I said, since it's Taco Tuesday and since you've never been here, I go, you got you to gotta knock out as many of those meats as you can. And in order, it says carne asada. You've got El Pastor. You've got 
um, chorizo, you've got pollo. The next one is something called lengua. And I said, you may or may not want to get into that. That's your call. Uh, but no, we avoided head and tongue. And I don't know if they had Rocky Mountain oysters in tacos there. I don't, I don't think <laughs> it quite went that far. Um, but yeah, their, uh, their tacos are legit. And it's just a little, little taco shop right there on, um, uh, gosh, I, Hamner, uh, right there in, uh, in Norco Eastdale. And it's about 15 minutes away from Rancho. Other than that, in Rancho specifically on like the uh, Rancho Upland border, uh, there's a place called Esther's Tacos, and they have really good tacos. My, my jam there is shrimp, shrimp tacos there. So, so you're a shrimp taco guy because you, I'm an I'm an all taco guy. Didn't you okay. just didn't you just hear what I said? As hey, there's some tongue, guy. As long Adrian, as it's not tongue. When we had El Pitan, when we had Adrian Gonzalez on the show, he was a carne asada guy, and he okay. he he lectured me on on the art of carne asada. Jorge Castillo from from the LA oh. Times was a fish taco guy. So we're just trying to pin you down, Mike. We yes. we want to know what you're representing. What what taco you represent? I am I am a big time foodie. Like you are you're you're not gonna have a bigger foodie on the show than me. Like if, okay. if you just want to like have the next forty five minutes be about food, <laughs> that's fine. I don't I, I can take this off and put on an apron or a chef's hat. We can go Mexican. We can go Italian. I'm a big Italian guy. Um, but uh, yes, ne- I, next I, time I, we have you on the show, we're gonna take you up on that. Yes, please. I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm I'm trying to get a deal with the Food Network or. There's something on HGTV. I mean, I need all the help I can get. I, I will. Um, yeah, I will say. I'll, I'll, uh, kill, I'll kill any taco, man. I'm not. I'm not one to disrespect guests, but I'm not going to stand for lengua taco uh, slander. That's that's. Yeah. That's, well, and again, you know, I'm I'm typically very open-minded. You're just going to have to give it to me and just make me eat it, and I will do it on your behalf along the way. Well, it's it. Well, I will say with this because because again, we are all we are all probably batting 300 uh, as far as tacos go. Uh, we're we're not in a minor league playing shape i guess is that's the euphemism for that but uh but uh lengua tacos have made right in my opinion are, are the best but we can have that debate another time yes but, uh, fair enough so, fair enough but talking about uh hgtv uh if i'm not mistaken you uh you have a, a cameo and maybe an imdb credit on the hgtv do you not maybe yeah my <laughs> wife and i uh my wife and i purchased a house um in montepulciano italy um a couple of years ago and did. so you just so, blew this whole minor league thing out of the water mike now you can watch you the episode we paid a, we only paid a hundred thousand dollars of that's like a parking <laughs> space in la bro that's true that's true that is that is a parking space watch the episode all that stuff is real none of it is exaggerated for television um <laughs> I, we, I were on an, we were on an episode character. we were on an episode of uh, of house hunters international indeed um Italy.com. that's a real thing and it's just a, a beautiful city and um if you don't think there hasn't been some talk of god no one would go great here tacos <laughs> so italy montepulciano italy is just dying for maybe even lengua tacos along so i don't know i listen the italians oh. get down with the food and so i i could foresee them throwing down some lengua tacos i mean we, we, yes maybe after we get off the air, we can discuss a, a taco stand in Montepulciano. I, I will definitely check out that episode because I do appreciate your homage to Tani Katane in, in, in the episode. Oh, I my. Myself, yeah, okay. So I, you've I, done I myself, your research. I'm a big fan. I think her work in Bachelor Party, in the major motion picture Bachelor Party, is her best work. But that vu- music video from Whitesnake is, is very close. And so I think you did a great job there, Mike. 
Well, I appreciate that. You know, there's an off-air story that is uh, that'll probably make you laugh regarding that that scene. That was not supposed to make the cut, and yet it made it into the promotional cut. They they were so excited about me doing <laughs> doing some, some Tawny Katane on the hood of a car. Awkward. Yes. Well, I mean, we I, I was gonna say, hey, thanks for giving us a you know kind of a bare bones insight to the minor leagues, but then you yeah, have this show you know, got hijacked though. Hijacked. Real quick, real quick. Uh-huh because you own a villa in Italy. So, I mean, that <laughs> yes. just, that, that throws everything out the window and we yes. can no longer, yeah, we can't talk about PB&Js anymore <laughs> yes. either. Damn. Just MontepulciannoItaly.com. How could you go wrong with that website? Like, go look and like somebody email them, like you guys all need some tacos over there. <laughs> but I mean, listen, that I, post-pandemic. And a minor league I'm, team, maybe. I was going to say a minor league team, we can, because we, they love baseball in Italy too, low key. Not as much as here. But uh, but we you know we can get a team, some tacos, maybe even. It'd be a hard commute though. It would, it would. Hard but commute. but I mean, oh. at the end of the day, wouldn't you travel far for some good tacos? I would, I would travel. There you I go. Will, I, I will travel with you. <laughs> well, on that note, Dragon. Mike, Mike, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, Mike, <clears throat> excuse me, Mike Linskog, the voice of the Quakes, the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes. Thank you for the time, man. We really appreciate it. And we really appreciate uh, uh, really the inside of us, the kind of the, the, the behind the scenes, if you will, uh, in your organization. You bet. Hopefully, uh, I, I Roger's been out to the, the stadium a number of times, but uh, looking forward to having all three of you out uh, at the Lone Mark Field in, in some capacity real soon. We're, uh, we're excited that uh, the, the, the worst of the pandemic is behind us and, and just really excited to get back in the swing of things and welcome fans and, and do what we do best, which is you know, great customer service and show everybody a good time. So hopefully you guys can make it out there real soon. Go Quakes. And Mike, uh, where can our listeners follow you and get some Quake information? You bet. You bet. So specifically, if they want to listen to the broadcast, rcquakes.com is R for Rancho, C for Cucamonga. They don't have to spell it all out, but rcquakes.com. And of course, we're on the iHeartRadio app, we're on the TuneIn Radio app. Um, and of course, they can uh, they can read up all, all about the Quakes at rcquakes.com. Perfect. Well, thank you again, and, uh, and we will catch you uh, down the road there, man. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate you. listening to this week's episode please subscribe and leave a review to the bleed lows podcast the bleed lows podcast is a dodgers beat production thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.